It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. Okay. <sighs> okay. And press now... the button. Like a goddamn champion! Uh, Harry! I'm Dumbledore, Harry! I don't want Harry, to drink the water this, anymore, Harry! This is my car now! It's Harry, naked I'm gonna time! Face. I'm gonna fuck you! Okay. Harry was so hot, your mother was attractive, Harry! I'm Michael! Dumbledore, my mother's been dead! For years! Oh no! Of course, Harry! That's it's what makes it hot! Yeah, I don't know if the roll call is gonna happen. Okay. I'm Haydox. Fuck it, we'll skip the damn roll call. Uh, we're back with part three, take five. Five? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's five. been- Five! Alright, fine, it's been- it's the third take. because uh, we keep running into recording problems, uh, for, no, undis no, no, no. for undisclosed reasons. No, I don't no, want- No, 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 I want you to attack me, brutalize <laughs> me, verbally brutalize me. Okay. Tear me apart. Um, Haydox does not know how to use his microphone, so we have to keep starting very over. Very, very true. You know, Michael, sometimes the start of your laugh sounds like a shriek in Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is that- a very specific one. <laughs> well, I haven't seen- I have not played that, so I don't know what it sounds like. I think it's like, the cleric I'll... beast scream. Have you ever noticed that you don't yeah. ever see the cleric beast and Michael in the same room? I wonder why. Mm. Michael is it's the cleric beast. That's because I'm too busy, uh... ...wife. Anyways, uh, we're back. All right, with I wanna issue a correction. I'ma fix that, because <laughs> man. And I don't appreciate you Oh my god. This is a disaster. This is almost a... we might as well be a building cool a wall right disaster. now, it's, that's how much of a disaster it is. Well, Anyways, I mean, uh, this is edgy. take three of Unversecast 2018 in gaming, where we last left off, we <laughs> just talked about the messenger, and we talked about Super Mario Party, and we were about to get into some of our games of the year and some other big releases that came out this year. Um, and when we... where we left off in our first take was, Ryan was gonna take the first stab, as it were. So, Ryan. Mm, more, like, there is, I don't, it's not my game of the year. Uh, it, it, I want to talk about Smash Brothers again, real quick. I'll, I'll try, I'll, I'll try. <sighs> it's been a long time coming. Let's, let's well, do it. it's <laughs> more so because, um, <laughs> after the last direct, I posted two live stream discussions with, uh, with my friend, the Black Hooded Gamer. Go check him out if you want. Hey um, guys, it's me, Jeb, I feel the like Black Hooded I may have Gamer. One of those. You were in, like. yeah, you were in the one that was like immediately after. You were in the one where we were like salty and screaming and cursing <laughs> everything out. You were in that one. Uh, but then I also made a more sober discussion because you know I want you know I wanted to just like come back at it and talk about the actual stuff that was indirect as opposed to oh my god that direct sucked what the fuck. Um, and now that I got the game. I, I do want to say that I like it. I'm it enjoying sucks. it. I think <clears throat> it's a pretty good game, and I also want to stand corrected on two things. For one, I you know I said that um, there's not really any interesting single player mode, and while I still don't think World of Light is interesting, and the whole spirit board isn't quote unquote interesting per se, like the premise of it isn't that all that interesting. It is addictive. You know, it's just like 
I'll be doing stuff around like around the house today, and I'll just pop on my switch for like three minutes at a time, see a couple of spirits on the spirits board, nab a couple, and you know, go back to doing whatever it is I was doing. You know, it, it's like a mobile game mentality, and I I kind of like that. And on top of that, I also bashed on it saying that you know it sucks that there's no the uh, trophies. But at the same time, it is pretty cool how, you know, since there's no trophies, they can add a lot more stuff from other games that you wouldn't even think that they'd reference. Like, there's stuff from Eternal Darkness in here, from from Cubivore, from the glory of, of Heracles. And those are things that I never thought Nintendo would even look at ever again. But lo and behold, it's here in this AAA massive Nintendo crossover. And it, it, it's really cool to see that kind of representation come back again. You know, mechanically, it's fine. Online is pretty solid. It's still not one of my favorite games to come out this year, but I do want to just have it on record saying that I do stand corrected with Smash Ultimate. I do enjoy the game. I do think it's pretty great. It's just still not, like, 10 out of 10 for me. 10 I just out of 10, to, though. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm, I'm surprised by it. I'm humbled no. by it, I guess. No, so, there, yeah. there's something I want to respond to that little thing. Sure. Um... First of all, Michael, why the fuck did you make that joke? It was totally unnecessary. And honestly, Who are quite you offensive. talking to and about what? 10 out of 10, though? 10 out of 10, Oh, you're talking tendo. to me about 10 out of 10 out. Okay. So, 10 out of 10, though. Okay, let me explain the I'd joke like and rob it of all form- No, 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 no. I want you to formally retract the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out. No, okay, right. Docs. Edit it I'm out. not going to do that. Oh, okay. Because I okay. don't want to. All right. <laughs> Damn. Z snap. There you go, man. Place your foot down. Just mm, get that right. stuff. Okay, so uh, I think I might be in the same camp as Ryan to an extent because in in my dorm we have a lot of a lot of my homies like to smash smash each other. You know, um, <laughs> we'll always be planning to smash each other up on the weekends we'll like do a little melee together we'll get a little drunk you know sort of play around smash you know we like to the firm and it's fun you know so (laughs) when i got ultimate uh i got it at midnight and i i was i invited my homie over at midnight and i'm like homie I got. <laughs> We're gonna. Is that Bob or whoever? I got no, something no, new for it's, us to it's play Bill. with. Bill. <laughs> I got something new for us to play with. You want to smash? Yeah. I mean, and he responds with, "Oh yeah, smash me, daddy." There, there's a couple things that I kind of like about it. As a formal competitive melee player, ooh. <laughs> Since then, I have put on deodorant. Easy joke. Um, <laughs> I, I I like the gameplay a lot. There's just there's a lot of things in Ultimate that have me scratching my little noggin. Um, <laughs> first of all, I want to say the online is absolutely shit. <laughs> you think it's so? It's so bad. I haven't had really any exper- like any bad experiences with it so far. It's it's not that it's per se bad for lag it it, it it is that to a large extent but it also has to do with how they designed you getting into matches so mm. like for elite smash what battles which i is can like, only play salmon run on tuesdays and wednesday wednesdays yeah that that shit still fucking boggles my mind <laughs> like the rotation feature in splatoon i never got behind that 
But, but um, Haydox, according to one of the chief producers of the game, we know what you want better than you know what you want. And you will, if you put well, up with oof. it, you will like it. I, I'm, okay, this hypothetical producer, I'll pat him on his head and say, it's okay. This isn't oh, hypothetical. hypothetical. He actually said that. Yeah, you well, could I'll find this on his head anyways and say I didn't play your game for a long time. <laughs> sorry. Pat him on the head said no, sorry, your game's not that good. The thing is, the for elite Smash battles, they constrict you to certain characters. With with how Smash we use online was um designed, I actually think I like that better because with that you had for fun and for glory. And while it was still a bit restrictive for glory, because it didn't have like tournament legal stages, it didn't have customization for stocks or whatever, and it was still a bit janky. At the very least, the UI was cleaner, it was easier to get into like a no items person, like 1v1 battle if that's what you wanted. Yeah. It was very, very simple. But you knew Nintendo, what you were getting into. Exactly. And Nintendo complicated that a lot. Overcomplicated it, I, I would say. And there's a lot of dumb UI choices that I also don't like. I'm going on a bit of a ramble here, so cut me off whenever you think uh, is necessary. But, like, I, I do not like the fact that I have to choose the stage first and then go to the fighter. Yeah. And then if I want to change the stage, I have to hold B and go all the way back. And for rule sets, I have to hold B and go back to the rule set as opposed to going to, like, the top of the character roster screen and changing it really easily through that. And also, this is an incredibly minor annoyance, but... When you start a battle, that starting let's smash or let's battle sort of <laughs> thing is so large. It covers so much of the screen that it it's like it, it's a lot of like a it's a lot of dog UI. take a lava dump all over the screen. Hey, I actually know what you're trying to say because I've run yeah. into this problem. When you start, the text is so large that like and it lingers for too long mm -hmm. so it'll just block the screen for the first yeah. few seconds and that's when you're supposed to be running at each other but yeah. it's still there and it's <laughs> i don't know why it doesn't disappear quicker because it has that hasn't happened in the other games yeah it, it's just like a lot of weird uh, just like over complications where i'm pretty sure they could fix the online they could fix the ui they could fix the order of the stages with like a patch i don't see any reason unless they coded I don't think it they would, that though. way i mean i could see them like fixing a lot yeah. of like the connectivity issues or like uh, making it work somehow but like the ui the menus and everything like that i don't think if they, they, if they wanted to fix connectivity that. issues they all they would have to implement dedicated servers because yeah the oh reason my that god it, the reason that it doesn't work in the first place a lot is because it's peer-to-peer. -peer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they also and don't, have, they also don't of... have client-side protection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, which was which Liam has told me wasn't was implemented in Quake in 1996. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Good lord. It's... Ultimate does not have client-side protection, which means that 
if if your host's internet connection is bad, then it ruins it for everybody. As yes. opposed to in a dedicated server, where it might look a little laggy, but all of your inputs will still register in a dedicated server, even if you yeah. have a bad internet connection. And nobody, mm -hmm. not everybody suffers because of it. You have so to instance, pay if, to use this online, by the way. I just yeah. want to stress this to yeah. everyone listening. <laughs> For instance, yeah. if, if you are the host, you have a bad internet connection, or even just a semi-decent one, you're, you will appear fine. But the people connected to you will have input lag associated with that because you have a bad internet connection. Like, it's shit like that. Like, and it's insanity. And they, it's... I, I'm gonna come out and say this right now, I don't like Smash Ultimate. Oh! And you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. And you know why? Because... <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with this shit. I have to follow up like every statement I make about this game about like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. I have to follow it up with like, oh, but Smash is Smash and Smash is fun. No, fuck it. No, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like the things that they're doing here. It, they don't make any sense. They boggle my fucking mind. Like, okay, the internet shit. Okay, not even like getting into this stuff with like the connectivity issues, there's not enough to do online. All you can do, all you can do, is fight people. You can, none of like the creative new modes that they've added, like, you know the squad battle mode? You can't do that online. I, why? I, don't I thought you know. could. Are you no, sure? you can't. You can't. Really? I have, I have tested this. Oh <laughs> I have gosh, looked that's through so all dumb. of the settings. Well, okay, the hang on, no, because... Do, the only thing you can do is set it between timed stock and stamina, or you can do a team battle. But you can also, but in fairness, you can also have like the final smash be a meter. And you can also have the stage transitions be online too. I've done. It. Yeah, the, all those options are available. What I'm saying yeah. is, the tournament mode can't do that online. Squad battle can't do that online. Any of those other modes that aren't the main smash mode, you can't do that online. Why? Who the fuck knows? Spirits mode. <clears throat> so you go into spirits mode, right? It it is cool to have all this representation, right? The way that spirits mode is set up is that there are some that are just completely bullshit unless you have the right spirit. There's one where every part of the floor is made of fire yeah. and you have to get the spirit that makes you immune to fire. Or, or poison you just can't or do sleep, it. yeah. Or you, like, especially with fire, you just can't do it. Because if there's fire coating every, like, foothold, you will get hit, fly into the air, and then get hit again when you land. Because you don't land. And you're getting hit by, like, two Lucinas. I think this was a... Uh, Pyra that I was trying to unlock because they have really rare variants of these that are harder harder quote-unquote meaning you just need the right fucking spirit to beat it Apparently from what I've heard I haven't gotten very far in world of light But what I've what I have experienced of it is a string of spirits battles that are kind of unique in concept But a lot of them like there's one where you have to it's a Kappen one from Animal Crossing there are strong gusts of wind on, I think, the Wii Sports Resort stage or something, whatever has the rocks with the water in it. Right. And there are very strong gusts of wind, like very strong. And for you, your buoyancy is reduced. So almost as soon as you hit the water, you will drop like a rock. And there are very, very, very few footholds. But what in you fairness, need, though, you, what I mean, you you're probably going to say this next, is that like right across from... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, need you to go find get Snorlax. And then Which is like it right reduces the it. winds. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. You need to do that shit. Like, it, they're not interesting fights when all you need to do is go get a thing that nullifies the consequence. Because yeah. then it just becomes you fight a CPU. Like, I don't get it. See, I don't understand. I don't get the, it. 
I, I totally, I totally agree with you, King K. I, I do not understand the appeal of World of Light at all. Um, there, I obviously the comparison to it is Subspace Emissary, and no, no, don't, don't, I would, even. don't well, okay, even. Okay, but that, no, that would subspace. be the natural. That would be the natural. Like, oh, this is the single player of that. This is the single player of that. What I'm saying is that obviously Subspace is better because they had specific levels designed for like the occasion. You know, you had you going into, um, what's the factory? The factory. Like, there were all these different locales that you could romp around through, and yeah, the level design was kind of basic, but at least it was fun to go around, and then there yeah. was this story connection throughout. They With tease, also numerous cutscenes, too. Exactly. And they unique They tease that World of Light is going to have a lot of cutscenes and stories, and but only the only like cutscenes that they have, actually, have shit to do with the characters that you love and all to do with a fucking ball of light and the embodiment of darkness the two most uninteresting concepts ever it's just like chains and hands and it's not visually entertaining there's no charisma when you see like galleon or darkness or whatever fighting it's like when you saw Wario driving his little cart and then he'd like fucking snipe people out of the air and turn them into trophies and then run away. That was so entertaining. Yeah, or when, when all the villains are teaming up, like, that's yeah. cool fan service, right? Yeah. You get shit like that. Like, what the fuck? He's, and it, it's, right. they, it was stated by them, too, that this mode is so that you can grind spirits. They said the mm. word grind grind spirits that's what the mode is for all right and i want to say something too because this annoys the fuck out of me sakurai's apparent excuse for not having cutscenes like subspace emissary or a mode like subspace emissary is that people would upload those cutscenes to youtube and people just wouldn't have to experience subspace which is why that it wasn't in smash 4 but that's such a bullshit argument. Mm -hmm. That's such a cop-out. Because they can monetize those cutscenes so that anybody who watches it, they, they have a mechanism to copyright claim it and strike it down. They are already doing that, you know? Like, if people are having a let's play even, of it, they could do what Sony does just a and dumb block excuse. the recording. Yeah, like, it's, Nintendo it's, doesn't seem to understand that there's a difference between watching someone play a game and playing it yourself. I mean, and, I've heard that they've been easing up ever since Smash came out because they want people to advertise Smash, but at the same time, it still doesn't excuse the, however many years it's been. Which is not true. Kind of and it's not true. That's such a bullshit thing. They're not claiming old shit, but there's still buttloads of claims on other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Vinny, Vinny Vine Sauce for his streams of like Ocarina of Time still gets claims. Like, uh, there are several Nintendo YouTubers who still get claims. Like, yeah. it might not be happening for Smash Ultimate, but they're still making money off of the copyright system. Yeah, absolutely. They still have my videos claimed. So, I don't know. <sighs> it's incredibly frustrating. How you unlock characters, it takes like yes. two hours at the minimum. Yes. Can you, you go into that, King K? That's the go. fastest way, is it, like, takes two hours. Took me two yeah. hours. 
probably I lost to some of them because some of the CPUs that you battle to get challengers, some of them are really easy. Some of them actually killed themselves, which is funny. But then you get some of them and they're like beyond level nine CPU level. Like what the fuck? And they kill you. And you gotta wait for it to go to the challenger approaching door. And then all of a sudden they're just really easy. Well, you know, yeah. it, it, I will say though, I do like how they even have the rematch thing there. Because that wasn't ever in the original, like in the other games. I like how they actually implemented this. So if you messed up, it's like, okay, so I just gotta wait for this thing. I don't have to like clear classic mode again. I don't have to like do however many battles again. I just have to wait for this door to unlock. In the meantime, I'll play classic mode as another character, or I'll go into World of Light, get a few more spirits, or I'll do something. And that's the thing with this game. It's like, I actually enjoy it because there are things to do as opposed to Smash 4, where the only thing to really do was online. And even then, the only way they can re they can play online well was just on For Glory, and that got really boring after a while. But so I I'm feel having, like in like, Ultimate, I that that's how I feel is that the only thing you can do is online because everything else either sucks yeah. or it's fucking boring. Well, but my my thing is that there's actually stuff here. It may like if you think it sucks or that's boring, it's fine. But Smash Four didn't have any of that. It had nothing, and I'd rather have something than nothing. And that's something that's in Ultimate. I kind of enjoy to an extent. I'm not like sitting down playing it for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. I pick it up, I play for like 10 minutes at a time, put it down, do something else. So maybe that's why I'm enjoying it more. But and that's just me. You know, it's a huge step up for Smash 4 in my opinion. But even still, it doesn't. It still kind of pisses me off because we also don't have stage builders anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. Ah, why not? Why not? I mean, for one, the Switch has a touchscreen, so you can you can still do it that way. But second, you know, Stage Builder was in Brawl. I mean, yeah, it, was, it wasn't nearly as fleshed out as it could have been, but it was still something. It was still manageable. You can still do something with it. I'd rather have it be there than not at all. And, <sighs> um, and just like there, speaking of stages, I love all of the stages. The music is great. The aesthetics are wonderful. And I love all the characters. It's just that some of the processes to play those stages how you want to play them and play the characters you want to play are so asinine. Like, I hate that I can't... that if I want to play the Mega Man stage without the Yellow Devil, I have to go back into the rule set and turn stage hazards off of there. But if I want to play with, like, the stage hazards from Town and City or, like, a more low-key one, like a traveling stage that really doesn't fuck with the gameplay that much, I have to go back and change it. There's no per stage disabling of the stage hazards, which is fucking stupid. So the theme of what I'm hearing here, because I, I keep hearing at least we got something that's better than nothing come up here. And that suggests to me that there was so much focus in trying to jam every character who's ever been in these games ever into this one game no, and jam every no, no, stage no. hazard, every stage, everything that like the actual content sounds really underdeveloped. At best, no, it's just I, something to do. I I don't think I, that's I, you know it what? specifically. Actually, I do think that's it. Now that right. I think about it. Because what what do they have left to do when they're... Because you have to understand, even though they're bringing everybody back, they're on a new engine, assumedly, for most of these characters. 
Because even if they're using something that was a Smash 4 thing, I don't think they are. I think it's a new engine. They did say they, it was a new engine, yeah. They have to convert all these characters. They have to tweak their movesets. They basically have to build them from scratch anyway because they're in a new engine, right? So, like, they have to do all this stuff from the ground up anyway. A lot of it anyway. So... What, what time did they have left? This was a really quick turnaround for Ultimate compared to when Smash came out, especially considering Smash had DLC developing afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, like, what they what they did was that they made a, a really long, drawn-out mode, World of Light, and it is pretty creative, but like, it feels like there's nothing to do in it. <laughs> like, it feels like all you do in there is you just get spirits. And you get spirits because they look cool. You know? Now, I want to disagree slightly with you, King K, because despite my issues with Smash Ultimate, I don't think they're substantial enough to make me hate it or dislike it entirely. Um, because I, I can see myself playing a lot with friends, and I can see myself playing online with my friends, and maybe if I did like a stream of it. In the past, um, I did a lot of streams on Smash 4 with viewers, and I can see myself doing that here. It's just that there's so much stupid shit in it that, like, I wish they could have just had more accessibility. They need to change a lot of the UI, they need to change the online, they need to change a lot of the menus, they need to change how the game is organized they maybe include an option of like unlock all the characters at once like i don't want to deal with this shit i just want to play it out of the box with everything um because so maybe, maybe adding like a cheat code system would yeah would yeah that, that would be fun mm-hmm. i mean i, I would like, enjoy that I, I actually enjoyed unlocking all the characters and it didn't really feel like as if it took me that much time at all but that's just me it just felt like know, a chore pr- I don't think I feel like I'm in the position though where I don't for once in my life I don't want to boot it up anymore to play with friends I'd rather just do something else because I'm so tired of it like and that's fair and it's so similar to Smash 4 that I'm like wow like it's there's <laughs> it's just I don't care about it like I look at it and I'm like I, I'm just gonna free up space on my switch at this point <laughs> Like, I just wow. don't care. I, I just, really don't want to play it anymore. I, I, see, what you're feeling with Smash Ultimate is how I felt about Smash 4. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I didn't play Smash 4 that long either. Yeah. I played a little more than Ultimate, but at some point I was like, that was Smash 4 too. It's, and it's for both reasons. I feel like they're not trying to, like, what they're trying to do now is fundamental. Like, it feels like it's they're doing things that don't make any sense like they're re- trying really hard to develop things that like nobody cares about like i don't like Uh-oh. it feels like Uh-oh. smash is just a cottage industry of reaction videos now <laughs> and then it comes out it comes out and nobody cares anymore until the new re- until the new announcement happens mm-hmm. that's legitimately think... what it feels like uh, i don't know because i'm a little conflicted on it because I, I still am, I don't know, to me, as a person who played Melee a lot and who was disappointed with 
how Brawl played, and um, who really liked Project M, who really enjoyed Smash 4 for the time I had it. It feels very similar to Smash 4, but it, it's just faster, and um, three stocks feels nice to play with, and like, mechanically I enjoy all of the characters. I feel like the only appeal that it has to me is that, or one of the major appeals I guess, is that if I want to play Smash, I'll probably go to this one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's you know what? kind Another of thing, why I enjoy it. Something else is that that I also kind of want to bring up is that it kind of feels like, and I know King K was saying that like there's not really a lot to it, but at the same time, it's like the things that are in here, for the most part, are here for a reason. Like with Smash Four, you had the Mies. That's great. Can I play them online? No, you can't. You can only play them with friends online, but you can't play them against random people. Oh hey, yeah. custom moves. Can I use those online? No, you can't. So I'm, for one, I'm glad that they cut custom moves because I never used those things. I thought they were stupid. But you can use the Miis online now against anybody, you know? So you bet your ass I'm going to be using my fucking me who has the, the Isaac me costume. You know I'm going to be going online and, and just getting my ass kicked with that thing on. You know, so there's that. But also, again, with the spirits, you actually use them for spirit mode and for the world of light. So there's something here and it doesn't, like, there's not really a lot for me that feels useless that feels like i'm never going to use this you know Mm. i like it again it may not be like the best game on the switch or anything but i'm enjoying my time with it i'm going to stream it when i get the chance absolutely i'm going to stream it and i'm going to have a good time with it it's fun it's fun enough (laughs) yeah it's fun enough if I had to, like, put, like, a thing on it, it'd be, like, it's one step forward and one step back. For, like, every one thing it does good, it does it does something else that makes me raise my eyebrow. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did not buy it, and I really have no interest in getting it. Because, <laughs> like, you guys actually like Smash, and, you know, especially King K, I'm really surprised to hear how much you don't like this game, considering how much it seemed like you were looking forward to it. You know, Wait, do you know me? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I was ever looking forward to Ultimate. <clears throat> okay, well, I guess I must have been confusing Hadox's excitement, or, I don't know, it just seems yeah. like Smash is like... If, if... Like, there's so many things that I just don't get the appeal of, to be fair, but if I had to choose one where I'm just, like, mystified, it's Smash where there's so much excitement surrounding these games. Like, the moment the Switch became a thing, there was already up in the air, Super Smash Bros. on Switch, what's that gonna be like? Is my character gonna get in? And then, you know, like, we have this cycle where everybody's, you know, even I played my part in that when Isaac didn't get in. Still annoys the fuck out of me. Why? Why? Because I, I it feels understand. like it should be the well, see, one that, fucking character who should have gotten in. You know what I mean? It, right? That's the key. That's why Smash because that's all people care about. Is like who gets announced, who's in the game. And like then then like seventy-five percent of those reactions, like when the game comes out, it's like nothing like the game's out now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I <laughs> even I can say that I get excited for some of these announcements. I'm like, whoa, this character, Joker's in it. That's cool. And then I don't care about the game. 
<laughs> I just get excited yeah. for the announcements because it's hype, and and I don't care. <laughs> there is there does get to be a point where too much is too much, if you know what I'm saying. Like I just looked. I at, disagree. I looked at the Street Fighter Five roster, and it only has 34 characters, and Smash Ultimate has 70 characters, 71 See, okay. counting Joker. It's just no, like no, how it, many it characters 74. can we put? Okay, 74, but point still stands. How many characters can we put into this game before it gets too big? No, I, I disagree because it that's the whole appeal of Smash. It, it's that you have all these characters you like, and then when they come into the game, you get to like be like, yeah, that's, that's the person I really enjoy. Like, um, this streamer I watched named Panutes is really into the DKC series and he freaked out when King K Rule was announced because he he had been anticipating that for the longest time and it's like that's a character the people like he really liked and I think that's indicative of the huge appeal that announcing new fighters has it's a uh, it's like you know you like imagine if Isaac was announced like, Ryan would be fucking ecstatic, you know? And yeah. I, I think the more characters, it just makes it more entertaining because, at least for me... Well... When... Mm. I, okay, let me well, let me yes finish. No. It's like let me yes let me no. finish the point. Hold on, okay. Because I I enjoy playing with all the different characters and then narrowing down the ones I like most. I enjoy that, and I enjoy watching different characters be played in different ways. I I like that. I really do. And and also okay. too, I think a lot well, of the appeal is that social appeal. That's all I was gonna say. Well, uh, on top of that, okay, because I actually kind of want to I want to add on to that. Yeah. With me, and with a lot of other people that I know who've been pushing for Isaac, it's just, like, the reason why we want, like, some of these lesser-known characters, like, there's a lot of push for a custom Robo character, for Chibi Robo, for something from Advance Wars to come back, Isaac from Golden Sun, we want these kind of characters to be in Smash Brothers because, one, in some sort of way, it kind of immortalizes them, so it's like, you yeah. gotta have, like, let's say yeah. Isaac and Cloud in the same game, duking it out and that'd be huge for people who grew up with golden sun but on top of that it does it has like it has the fire emblem effect where it's like it raises a lot of questions be like oh wow who is this character where you know where does this person come from i think i'm going to look back to see where this character comes from oh wow hey this game is great why don't they make another one and then boom you know they show them where the money's at look where fire emblem look look where where fire emblem is now look where yeah. xenoblade is right now you know? Yeah. Like people I made want a video that about that. Yeah, people want that. Yeah, you did. You absolutely fucking did. I remember yeah. that. People want that to happen with these other characters because there's a lot that Nintendo can pull from. And it just it frustrates me personally when they don't pull from them. But instead, they're like, no, we're going to not add another Xenoblade character because we don't have the time. But we're going to save a slot for Pokemon. Oh, buy our DLC. Here's a Piranha Plane. Here's another Mario character. It's like, fuck. Don't just imagine how plan. Yeah, I will great, great for Persona <laughs> fans to have a character they like in the game, but still, it's like Persona Q only just came out in Japan, and it's just it, like it we're is, gonna put that in over something else. Western release, Michael. I know, oh, I know. That's not what I'm plan. saying. My also my point uh, no, is, no, no, is no. It's Michael. Like, I'm gonna let hey, you I finish. Wanna, I want to hear Persona. I want to hear what Exo has to say. Hang on, Persona Five. Exo, what are you? What were you gonna say? 
I, I want to hear Here, you. Here's my thing, and it's like what King K. It's kind of is what you're saying, Hanox, is that, and that kind of goes with what King K said earlier, is that the appeal of this game. Because, like, I don't understand it myself because I'm just looking at it as a video game. And as a video game, it's a fighting game. I don't care about those. I don't like playing with other people for the most part, unless if it's co-op. I'm never going to play the online. I don't care about online. I need want something that I can sit down and play by myself. And fighting games don't do that for me. But what it sounds like for a lot of people, why they like the series is because it's a celebration of other franchises that they love. And they like seeing it all. They like seeing their favorite thing, like Ryan said, immortalized. Uh, what's the term? Validated is the term I'm looking for. But the actual gameplay is you fight other people. And it sounds like between Smash 4 not having much single player content and this game being kind of similar that for you guys at least well more so King K that the novelty has worn out and it's just becoming like oh it's a fighting game well it's cool that Joker's in it but it's a fighting game <sighs> I don't know I, I mean, don't well, in that extent, like the reason another reason why I'm excited for like for Joker for example is it's it's two things one we haven't had any Shimigami Tensei or Persona representation in uh, Smash before, and I think it's cool that we have a new universe or a new franchise being represented, as opposed to another Mario or another Pokemon yeah. or another Fire Emblem. So I like that. It's fresh, it's new, it's something different. And on top of that, it's like now we got a game where it's like we got stuff from Pokemon and Mother and Final Fantasy, Shimigami Tensei, Golden Sun, and, and all these other RPG franchises. And as a guy who likes RPGs, it tickles my fancy. You know, it's like you get all this kind of stuff in one game. It's like, holy shit, this is cool. I like it. I don't want to talk about Smash anymore. <laughs> Fair. I, I don't really want to talk about it more either. I want to I mean, just say... There's nothing really else to say about it. So. I, I have a couple more things to say, if that's all right. Sure. Go right um, ahead. Feel free. The reason why I enjoy the Joker reveal as much as I do is in part because I'm a huge weeb. But secondly, um, I think Persona Q is extremely underrated. I thought it was pretty fun when I played it. Um, and also, too, like, uh, another huge part of why I love Smash as much as I do is that I think it has one of the best collection of music oh, yes. uh, in, in any video game franchise. Like, uh, I... I've been listening to all the new remixes in Smash Ultimate, and while I personally prefer the majority of them in Brawl, um, like, Gangplank Galleon's remix in this game is absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, you've got other shit like Cass's theme. Oh, yeah. Is remixed, which is great. You have the trailer music having its own remix. You have like um, a lot of great Splatoon remix having uh, this this great like energy behind it, and you have like Nintendo's take on Castlevania games that weren't on Nintendo systems, and they like those remixes are really really enjoyable to listen to as well. There's so many good tracks from this, and like. <laughs> It just makes me want to have the entire soundtrack like on Spotify or something because so, this has like all the great music. CD. 
Yeah. It'll sound better. Something. Okay. <laughs> Just a way to no, nobody have notices. It. I don't fucking notice. Yeah. <laughs> Just I I want the music because it's really really good, and um. I spent a lot of time when I got the game just listening to the music and not even playing the game. <laughs> so, I don't know. I still like it. It's got a lot of issues, but I'll probably be playing it for about a half a month and forget about it until the next DLC comes out. That's just sort of the reality. <laughs> Is it just me or does this whole conversation feel a bit miserable? I mean, I got a pretty sick looking Isaac render and a me costume, so True. you know I, I'm pretty okay. <laughs> well, let's lighten the mood and talk about Nino Kuni too, Ryan. I thought we were going to talk about Spyro. Oh, well, who, who gets the bong next, Ryan? You get to pass the bong. Uh, who wants who wants to talk about Spyro? Exo, you like Spyro? Talk about Spyro. All right. Okay, um, we'll talk pee. about Spyro. I guess that's well. Then Hadox says BRB. I gotta right? pee. I gotta pee really bad, dude. Okay, but you're the only one who's probably well. King K's played Spyro. You can help. Yeah, I'll be back. Uh, I'll make it quick. I like Spyro a lot. They're the three best collectathon games ever made. Even the second one, <laughs> which I criticize. It, I don't even hate that game that much, but it just seems like I don't know why people consider it the best one. I think it's the weakest. But the point is, all three of them are great, and you should go play them. And the Spire Reignited trilogy, if you do not own the originals, and you have never played them before, is a great way to experience them, and a very affordable one. Like, you're getting three games for 40 bucks. Compare that so to then... Nintendo, who re-released Tropical Freeze this year on Switch, made very few changes and charged full price for it. And so let me ask you something then. Um, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but because like the Crash Insane trilogy had issues from what I hear. Like there's just some weird collision detection issues or like weird hitbox yeah. issues. Well, I, and you know, how I've does, been How a, does Spyro fare compared to the Insane trilogy? Is it better? I'm going to go out in a limb and say better, but I do want to put a caveat in that and that being that sure. the insane trilogy ever since it released multi-platform did actually get quite a few fixes and patches that made it better okay. like in the ps4 version which is obviously the first one that came out got patched <laughs> to have uh faster load times better collision detection all that good stuff and the multi-plat versions including switch pc xbox one all got all inherited those and if you are gonna and play then, that then it came out on pc and the floodgates were opened like yeah <laughs> get it on pc folks if you have if you have a gaming pc get crash insane trilogy on pc turn the fucking motion blur off and never look back um and speaking of motion blur we gotta <laughs> talk turn it off in spyro yeah we gotta talk about spyro now which is has so much fucking motion blur it actually makes me a bit sick I've never noticed motion blur as much as I have in this game, but besides that, it, I, the controls feel great, and the sound design yeah. is in this game is fucking fantastic. Like it, it is the super, it's Super Mario Sunshine all over again, where that little thing with the side somersault makes playing as Mario in that game so yeah. much better. And the reignited also, trilogy. I hear that the, the the remastered music is dynamic. Yes, yeah. like, like uh, yeah. when you charge, it adds like a little drum beat to the track. 
like mm. when you're running around the hub worlds in Spyro 2 while the uh, ambient noise, fantasy noise is playing, you'll get like a little drum beat going on, which is really neat. And uh, when an enemy shows up, it'll amp up with intensity too. You can turn it off, but I don't know why you would want to. And you do have the option to listen to the original soundtrack if you want, which is something that the Insane Trilogy didn't have. But in the case of the Insane Trilogy, I'd say 90% of the remastered tracks sound better than the original, so I'm, I was fine with that. In the case of Spyro, yeah. it's a bit more... Eh, maybe it's because I played them more, and I'm used to how the original tracks sound, but... I, I, there are very few tracks in the Spiral remake where I'm like, this I know is better than the original. The only, the few exceptions I can think of are when tracks repeat in Spiral 3. Uh, like, for example, Lost Fleet would just recycle Sheila's theme. Whereas in the Reignited trilogy, they actually remix the track to make it sound more unique. So that's like... In that case, they improved it, but otherwise it was just kind of like, I can go with either or, or I know I prefer the original, if that makes sense. Well, what what specifically did you prefer the original one? Like, give, give me an example. Uh, in Spiral? Yeah. Well, here's how I'd put it. There, there are very few cases... Because, like, I guess to me, the tracks sound 90% the same. Like, they used similar instruments, you know? But yeah. the changes are very minute. So it's hard for me, first of all, to really remember what the uh, remastered tracks sound like, and then to say, yeah, I definitely prefer that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're trying to say, yeah. Where I, but I, I'm just... I'm, I'm asking if you could recall, like, a specific e example so I could understand a little bit better what you're saying yeah because like in the case of lost fleet that is a track where it was just like they recycled music from another level in yeah. the original whereas in the remake they actually made it sound a little bit different to fit that specific level more and that was something i appreciated about the remake and i also appreciate that they didn't <laughs> replicate the black label problem of having uh the first hub world theme play during the sorceress boss fight because that was stupid. Uh, mm. They fixed that in the green label version of the original, but like in the re remaster, it's just the way it should have been to begin with in the black label original. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I was kind of worried that the, that the developers wouldn't know about that for some reason and fuck that up, but they, they actually did do what they were supposed to. So that was great. Um, yeah. Like I was saying, the controls feel fantastic. Um, especially now that you can use the right analog stick for the camera. Um, and they incorporate that in Agent 9 gameplay, Agent 9's gameplay as well, which I know a lot of people really liked. Uh, I was always fine with the Mega Man Legends controls for Agent 9 in the original, because I was used to it, but it's definitely going to make it a lot easier for people to play as him now that they have dual analog to work with, so that's great. Um, the sound design is really strong, like, just... Uh, besides the the uh, charge sound effect, that's not as strong. But everything else is just like everything has like this whoosh impact to it. And everything feels like it explodes. Whereas the original games kind of had a lot of stock sound effects in them. I mean, it was fine, yeah. but it was just like the jump sound effect in the new game is so much more, so much punchier than the old one. Um, the sound of collecting gems too is really, really satisfying. Yeah. 
uh, especially in Nasty's loot, when you're in his bedroom office <laughs> and you have all those uh, 50 gems to collect, like the sound mm -hmm. of you getting all of them, that it's so satisfying. Yeah. Um, and the graphics, I've got to say. I don't know what Hadox thinks. Maybe he'll fight me on this one. But I think this is the best looking game I played all year. And the, as far as like games, HD games with the cartoony aesthetic go, this is one of the best looking games I've ever seen in my life. I would say it's one of the best looking games I've seen this year, but my game of the year has yours beat in my opinion. Okay, well we'll talk about, you just know, Kuni looks nice just saying. too. Um, but <laughs> the animations in this game are masterful. Like, may, I have a little bit more background in this in that regard. Like, I know about the 12 principles of animation and, you know, what is serviceable. I went to college! What is serviceable <laughs> versus what is excellent. And just the way that Spyro walks around, the way that his body twists and contorts like a snake as he's walking around, like a lizard, the way that he adds like a cat stretch when he's talking to Alora in that first cutscene in uh, Autumn Plains. Just the way that enemies die, like all of the detail that went into the lip syncing, like the scene where the sorceress is talking to Bianca for the first time, like every movement of her I, mouth yeah. and lips was like unique. Like they put a lot of effort into these cutscenes in the way that they look and the way that characters move around. Whereas you kind of go back to the original and everything, you know, is very limited because of the PS1 hardware. And it's the game. I actually have a specific frame of reference. Because well, the only original game I played is the first one. Mm -hmm. So, having done that fairly recently, I booted up the first game. And like you go to the dragons and they're all unique now. Yeah. yeah. They all have unique animations associated with them. And they some of them even have new lines. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's like insane. Like, <laughs> like all Jesus. Of the, no, it's reignited. All of the designs, insane as Cratch. All of the designs That's of true. the dragons as well. Like in the originals, they kind of looked like polygon. They they looked like like a blob in the originals. Like they they did not look very structured. They moved like they they had like yeah. like very liquefied almost in this one they're all extremely different like yeah in um i remember specifically in the last world of spyro one they reuse some of the dragons which i was kind of like yeah. ah, okay but like before that they had so many unique designs of like dragons and there are all sorts of different types of dragons too yeah like and they're um, all themed after the worlds too yeah yeah like which the... makes it even better it's that sense of cohesion that i really enjoy um i do have to say a big complaint i have is well there's two um one of them is i really miss how the gems flew out of you in the original and like went into that treasure chest yeah. Like when you were entering and exiting a world, there was something oddly satisfying about doing that because it was a visual reminder of your progress in Spyro that like and like as a kid, I fucking loved the look of the gems. And it, it was just this nice aesthetic. And I feel like it's they lose something when it's just a a number going up. Yeah. And that's it. 
Even the Game Boy also, Advance games had that. Yeah, yeah, which is... It, it seems like a no-brainer to include that here. It seems like it'd be an easy thing to do. And, you know, but, I, I, I agree know. with that, but at the same time, they add, like, this thing where you can make Spyro roll yeah, and flap I his wings. That. Which gives you, like, while you're watching the load screen, you can, like, mash the buttons to keep yourself entertained. So but if they had know. both of those things, I think it would be better. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And um, the, the second... The, the one more thing I want to say is that the lack of subtitles in this game is frankly unforgivable. Um, yeah, that's insane that the game doesn't have subtitles. No, it's reignited! Well, it, during, like... <laughs> during, like, actual cutscenes, during, like, the gameplay... When you talk to an NPC, they still have text boxes. No, not not in Spyro One. The oh, dragons don't well, have they, any. They didn't have subtitles in the original either. In the yeah, first but game. They sh it's a standard in 2018. Yeah, to have I know. Subtitles. I'm just. It, it I, I it's think extremely frustrating. They should have put subtitles in. You're right, but I guess they were trying to be faithful to the original. I don't know why. It's just dumb. It it's a dumb excuse. They they should have included subtitles. There is, I I know I know how subtitles work. You have to kind of separate the audio, and it's it's an ordeal to do that. I understand, like um, but you you gotta have that method of accessibility for players who can't hear or people who just need yeah. that to follow along. That's true. I mean, I'm sure that's something they can have with the patch. Yeah, and they haven't yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with the above. Uh, the only other criticism I would add is, like I said, the motion blur is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> like I said, I don't generally notice it. Maybe it's because now I've played more games on PC and I'm just used to looking at 60 FPS. But even beyond that, it's just like every time you move the camera slightly, it's just like a smudge on the screen. Mm. And yeah, and I hate that shit. And the fact that you can't turn it off. It's not new to console games, but yeah, it's still annoying. Yeah. So, so XO. when it comes out on PC and you can turn that shit off, then it will be much better, in my opinion. Plus, you'll get 60 so FPS. The, here's the million dollar question, though. Yeah. Remake, remake or rebreak? Oh god! <laughs> See, that's the thing. The reason I'm not going to spoil it. I was going to do these games right away on the show, until. But it's just like I really feel like I've got to wait for it to come out in PC before I can review them, because sure. one, I don't have a 4K or 2K capture card, so I can't record it off my PS4 Pro, as of right now, and two, I feel like. It's, you know, if the Crash remakes were any indication, it'll probably get a few patches and a few other things added by the time a PC Switch version come out. I hope this comes out on Switch. I'm sure it will, but I really hope it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, there's really no excuse to not have it on PC, if you ask me, especially. Mm -hmm. Seeing as Crash got it and it made the game that much better for a lot of people, especially, you know, like... 60 FPS in platform games, especially with animations that look this good, would be f amazing to look at. And I need Wait, that in my life. does it run in 30 or 60? It runs in 30. 60. Wait, no, really? Yeah, Spyro runs Spyro at 30. Spyro does. Oh, oh, wow. But 
you know, it's, it was like a spiritual awakening to play Crash in 60 FPS. I feel like I yes. died a little when I did it the <laughs> first time. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, like, wow, this is a new dimension. So I want that for Spyro, too. Because yeah. I think Spyro, yeah. um, as somebody who doesn't have a lot of... Actually, I have no experience with 2 and 3 uh, until the game game, the remake came out. But I played 1. And based on those, what I played of the 1 in the remake, it's pretty much like... I like pretty much everything in the remake, probably more than the original. Yeah. Because it's the thing is that they, the entire game is intact. So there's, it's not like... It's funny, Spyro 1, I hear that Spyro 2 may have... I don't have any frame of reference, but Michael told me that it took away a few glitches or something. Yeah, um, and it kind of goes back Spyro to 1, what you were saying in your Metroid Prime review, kind of. Yeah, uh, where they like they take away things that you can... that I guess speedrunners use those things. Yeah, to like... well here's the thing about Spyro 2, and it's one of the reasons why I don't like it as much as the first and third games. And that's because, and you discovered this yourself, it's because they force you to beat stages without being able to complete them all the way through the first time. Like Remember you, when I yeah. said that in my retrospective EXO? Yes, I believe you did. You <laughs> it's funny, because yeah. like at the time, you saying that you didn't like Spyro 2 as much as the first was like a hot take to yeah. me. But then like as time went on, I came, I came to be like, you know, Hadox was right. So that's finally. That's I mean, I'm, I'm like seventy-five percent of the way through Spyro Two, and I already know that I prefer the original to Two. Yeah. yeah, and it's so. What was nice about the original is that there are a couple of speedrunning glitches that you could use to skip that shit. Uh, not all of it, but most of it. And one of them is this double jump glitch, where in the original, if you jump and then don't move the stick and then tap the charge button. Spyro will do like a little hop in the air after the peak of his jump. And you can use yeah. that in Glimmer to get to the upper ledge and light the gem lanterns and yep. get around and do stuff yeah. like that. And you can use it in Sunny Beach to get over to ledges to grab the gems and skip the fucking ladders that are barely used for anything outside of Magma Cone. You know, if, yeah. if I could actually add something to this, because um, I actually own the Spyro remake. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but my sister actually has, uh, and her her and I we typically share like the same kind of taste. And she said that she's not touching Spyro two, but she's actively going out of her way to complete Spyro one one hundred percent. And this is someone who doesn't like platformers or collectathons. The the closest thing to a platformer she's played was Sonic Adventure two, and even mm. then she only played that for the chow. So that to me says something about. Spiral One as a game itself, that there is something there that even someone like her wants to complete 100%. Yeah. This this might be a weird take, but I... <laughs> this is weird, but having I've played Spyro One a few times now, and the remake and just the original. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I honestly think the game is kind of legendary in what it does, which is weird yeah. to say, because I didn't expect to love it so much, but it's like, yeah. there is almost nothing I dislike about it. It's insane. It's reignited, gosh dang it! I, I've, been, I've been saying that shit since fucking whenever I made that video about the death of Spyro. Spyro yeah. 1 Spyro is Spyro 1 the is goat. great. Like, I know if, a few you know, people who don't like it as much. Like, I know Abif doesn't. Uh, and he Abif's has his reasons. a reason. fucking scrub. But... Abif, if you're listening to this, you're wrong. But I, one other thing I wanted to add is, it's not just Spyro 2 that has this problem because like there's still new tricks you can do in the reignited trilogy 
uh, like I and I have videos of this on my Twitter if people want to see where you can use a well-timed charge jump to skip the ladders in uh, Sunny Beach. Uh, I think that's what the level's called. Uh, but there's you can't light the gem lanterns. At least I don't think you can. I'm not up to date with the latest pro strats, uh, but. But at the same time, they also added uh, the warp feature from Spiral 3 to all three games right out of the way, right off the bat. You don't have to unlock it anymore in any of the games. Uh, so you don't have to backtrack through the hubs anymore. So that's like, you know, it's it's one step forward, one step back, if that makes any sense. Like, you don't have the speedrunning strats anymore, but you can just warp back to the levels and just fucking do the backtracking. Um, same thing applies to, to Spiral 3, but in Spiral 3, and I showed this off in my playthrough, you can glitch into the uh, secondary character sections. If you can get your character model like right above the door frame, like you can get into mm -hmm. Agent 9's level in Fireworks Factory if you like get into the corner of the ceiling and above the door. Yeah. There are glitches like that you can do to skip backtracking in that game, and I'm... They they patch that out as you might imagine, so you can't do that anymore. So it's you know that's like the biggest drawback I think for me, really when it comes down to it. See, is that um, those things are gone, but it's at the same time it's just like I don't know why I would have expected anything different because technically they're glitches. It's like the uh, like you were saying in your prime prime one review, King K. Yeah. To to compound I mean, that point, um, they did that in the Wind Waker also with um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Wind Waker speedruns, but in the original, you had a method of like using, I believe it was the Tingle Tuner, in tandem with some <laughs> other thing to like warp to different islands essentially, and you had all these different glitches that you could do with clipping and whatnot. And they mm -hmm. took that out in the remake, which initially made people go like, oh, you can't do all the fun glitch stuff. But then they found new glitches to exploit that actually made the run shorter in the HD version, I believe. So maybe maybe there are new glitches that yeah. people just haven't discovered yet. I saw a thumbnail uh, for Reignited Trilogy that showed swimming in the air, which is a classic yeah. glitch from Spiral 2 and 3 on PlayStation. So apparently it's still possible to do that in the remake, and I'm sure that if you yeah. can exploit that to good effect. Uh, but you know, it, it's that's, all that's those things so are tentative. Like, this is why I want to say wait for the PC version, so yeah. that we know all of this stuff, so I can come in and you know have all that mm. stuff there, and then review the game when it's what's finished. <laughs> what's funny about it is that. Even like having gone through Spyro One and loving it so much, like Spyro Two, it's like a little lower in my mind. But also, I'm like I'm super excited to finish Two and play Three, and like play any other Spyro game because like I think I'm I think I'm in there now, boys. I think I'm in. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I think I've gotten in there. You joined the Mile <laughs> High Club. Because even Two, I'm playing Two, and I'm like, wow, this game is just like this is relaxing on a level I've never experienced before. Like. Mm -hmm. It's, I love them. I love it. I just love collecting yeah. things and breaking things to collect things because it feels good to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Spyro's fun. All three of those games are really fun. If you have even a passing interest in Spyro and have not played, don't own any of them, Reignited Trilogy is a fantastic way to get your start. For, for, you know, for the price you're paying, for what you're getting out of that collection, I highly recommend it. I'm not going to give you a roar score for it, but I will <laughs> recommend it. Can I also... T I want to also say just a specific emphasis on the music for a sure. minute. Like, um, I... Sometimes when, you know, people seek to remake a really, really memorable soundtrack, um... I guess a good example of this is in Pokemon Let's Go. They'll often take away instruments in the original score or add like unnecessary elements. So a good yeah. example of this is in Let's Go in Lavender Town. For better or for worse, the, the track was made a bit more whimsical with a lot more strings and less like very creepy instruments and really poignant dissonance that they had. like. Even in Mount Moon, um, Mount Moon is extremely is an extremely creepy track. Like, you go from Mount Moon in Pokemon Red, and then you play Mount Moon in Pokemon Silver, and they're clearly going for this really ominous, dissonant vibe. And in Pokemon Let's Go, it's it's just not as they take out all of like the the dissonance in the music. They, they make it sound like a bit more upbeat, which I don't think fits the theme of like going through Mount Moon and sort of like, I, I prefer the original in that regard. But with Spyro, what I really enjoy is that they made a really good effort to take uh, Copeland's soundtrack and keep it very faithful to his original vision. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe that for one of the games, he was pressed for time on the soundtrack, so he he couldn't fix some of the mistakes. Like, uh, I don't remember the specific this was, track. This was probably Spyro 3. Yeah. <clears throat> there, there's a specific track that you can, like, tell that some parts are left in that he, I believe he has said he wanted to go back and fix and tidy up, and he did that. Like, the, the tracks have never, in my opinion, sounded as good as they do. It's updated instruments. Yeah. And, you know, I, I enjoy your case that you've made of, like, they sound so similar. And that's kind of what I like, you know? Yeah. They don't try going too far out of the realm of what Copeland did in the original. They just kind of expanded on it. Um, yeah, and made it really, really good to listen to. A lot of them, I have now just in my playlist to listen to while I study and shit. I'm I'm holding out for a CD release myself, but yeah, <laughs> I really um, want that too. I wanna I wanna like put my hat in the ring, and I wanna like bring something up because I remember yeah. back when uh, 2016, I think it was. That's when they announced that Crash was coming back. And that was also when they announced the Skylander thing, too. But, like, they announced that, hey, Crash Bandicoot's back. And we were here. We were talking about it. And Exo was saying, gosh dang it, I want my Spyro remake. And, hey, look at that. He got his he got his Spyro remake. So, I'm going to say that it's my turn to make a request. <laughs> and I, I want to see the Sonic Adventure games get this kind of treatment. Yeah. I think that would be really, really freaking cool. 
just to see like like the cutscenes actually look good for once, you know, with maybe with yeah. better voice acting or something you, like that. But you realize that means that you'd have to hear Roger Craig Smith say, "Oh yeah, this is happening." Oh boy. Oh yeah, this is happening. Pizza Hut. <laughs> Are you saying that wouldn't be a good thing? <laughs> I'm saying that a lot of people don't gosh. like Roger Craig Smith. <laughs> if they're gonna remake the adventure games. <sighs> Ah, that's there are so many problems associated with let's that. not talk like about sonic yeah they need to get because if they don't get certain voice actors back then i'm gonna be upset i mean you can't I get dean bristow obviously rest in peace yeah but, or I mean, maybe like, if there, they there's get... stuff that's on there's obviously there's stuff yeah. that's unavoidable but that's yet another reason that it's just kind of an iffy topic because like if it, it would it would really upset me if like if the, Roger Craig Smith is there and he's trying to like do the SA2 lines, because I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about oh, a low budget weird. flight. No food or movies. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I like Roger Let's make like Eggman's so, hairline like, and recede. Maybe if they just like could. The problem is that I, I want like. Maybe they could reanimate it, but they'd have to stick with the original audio. So like it's there's they're kind of limited in what they could do, but I would rather them just stick with the original audio, even though there are problems associated with that, I know. But if they were going to do it, I would rather them stay more faithful than try to just redub everything. Mm -hmm. I mean I, I'm on the camp that like I would rather them redub everything. Maybe not with the cast that we have now. Maybe get the guy who's doing the Sonic in the Sonic action in the Sonic movie because he actually doesn't no. sound that bad. I think he can actually work for Sonic. Get him or get some new people to do the the dub for a potential Sonic Adventure remake, and there you go. But I think that'll be fine. You know that they won't. <laughs> if they're how come we always talk about fucking Sonic? We actually because, haven't you know in a while. Fuck it. I'm a Sonic fan. I own it. I wear it on my fucking sleeve. Okay, so that's that's <laughs> all that we can we, t we can talk about. Uh, I wasn't that. trying to diss you, King K, by the way. I apologize. Okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> choose who... What, who's gonna go next? Hey, Docs. Can can talk about Spider-Man. You have the bong. No, I don't want to talk about Spider-Man just yet. Oh. I want to talk about one of my favorite games of the year that is also really dumb and frustrating. Um, you'll notice a theme this year for my games of the year. A lot of them are traditionally like you could pick them apart in a video critique and be like, this is shit. There's so much bad with this. And um, that's Red Dead 2. Red <laughs> Dead 2 is. I, I is thought one Red of... Dead was like a really, really. Like, I thought it was supposed to be like a really, really high quality kind of game. It's very frustrating. It's, it's extremely frustrating to get into. Hmm. Like,. There, there's a dissonance between what the player wants to do and what the game is forcing you to do. Um, I'm not going to go into spoilers for anybody listening who hasn't played it, but uh, a good example is in the beginning when you're restricted on what horse speed you can go, but you can clearly go faster than what the game's making you go at that time to follow Dutch and, like... To go throughout it's very linear in that sense there there are clear objectives that you go to they there are marked on the map you do this 
there's very little room for experimentation other than how you might kill someone. Like, you could throw a dynamite stick, you could shoot them in the head, you could use Deadeye, you could use different weapons. Um, there is some choice. Um, like, sometimes the game will give you an option to help someone or kill someone. Uh, but those usually have to... They serve a narrative purpose rather than one of non-linear gameplay. And that specifically, despite the missions initially starting out as like, oh, this is so boring, just let me ride around as a cowboy in the open world because I love that shit. Like, that's really great. The missions are kind of whack to begin with. But then, um, Chapter 4, anybody who's played Chapter 4, have you? has anybody played it? I have not. No, me neither. Okay. So, it, it took me, I did all of the overworld stuff. I was just riding around and having a grand old time. I was doing the missions, doing the side content. And I was like, I'm into it. But then I got really into it in Chapter 4 because shit goes down in the narrative. And... It's one of those situations that, like, the game builds your connection with all of these characters in your gang, and then it slowly starts to pry them away from you in completely unexpected ways. Um, that's, I hope, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it, there, there, are, there are several moments. The first moment comes with you know, in at the end of chapter three in Rhodes. And it's one of those just snap moments where I'm like, oh shit, this is like, this is, <laughs> it, it, it just, it rattled me. So what you're saying is that Thanos comes down. Yes. <laughs> Thanos, 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 Thanos. Um, Nobody it, knew who the fuck Thanos was before Infinity War came out this year. Not true. Correct. Nobody know. Nobody knew who he was before, uh, before Avengers 2012. Also, well, let me let me rephrase so it this way. Unless if you read the comics, you didn't care about Thanos. Fair point. Who cares, Michael? <laughs> I'm just so I'm just saying. Thanos <laughs> is fucking everywhere Michael, now. Michael, please <laughs> continue. So there's this mission in chapter one or two where you get drunk with your friend Lenny and. It's just this brilliant character bonding where you're just getting fucked up in a bar and he's like, Lenny! 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 <laughs> he's just shouting out his name. And it's so ridiculous. It's such a nice change of pace. And then you get into a bar fight, you run away from the cops. And there's so many moments like that where the game forces you to be with a character to get to know them better. But then on your own accord, you can go into the camp and interact with them and see these secret events. Like, you can see characters fucking each other. You can see them messing with each other. There's, like, these... I've never felt, like, attached to a video game character uh, and had, like, that level of investment in such a large cast uh, other than maybe, like, Nier Automata or God of War. But it's, like, at the end of Chapter 4 and the start of Chapter 5, it it is... It is unbelievably, like, I could not put the game down. Stuff happens at the end of chapter four, and then you get into chapter five, and you have to deal with that shit. The game, it's an even, I don't want to spoil it. It's its essentially an even-tied island situation from Breath of the Wild, you know? It's one of those situations. Like, a wrench is thrown, 
and your whole situation is rattled and you are given time to think about everything that's happening. There's a segment at the end of the game where, and this is not a spoiler, I hope, where you're riding with your horse and this beautiful song is playing and Arthur, the main character, is hearing the voices of all of the gang members talking about his actions and it is the most compelling horse ride ever. There, there. It's just, it's so provocative. It's so good. And then you come to the ending, and you're hit with this song that uh, is so good. And then you're hit with the credits, and the credits has this 25-minute song with like six different songs woven into it. That is so musically interesting that it's it it just like. When I sat there during the credits, I've never watched a credit sequence before. I've never done that. I've never paid attention to a credit sequence and sat there and watched the entire thing. And, like, at chapter 5, it made all of the tedious bullshit that I felt like I was doing, like when I wanted to go fast, when I wanted to do my things my way, when I wanted freedom, when I felt constricted by the game, it made it worth it because it had a narrative purpose and I felt invested in the characters. And it, when I finished Red Dead 2, When I played it, I was in a pretty rough spot, personally, too, so this probably has a lot to do with why I enjoyed it a lot. It- there- there are a lot of, like, moments that really speak to, um, like, humanity in terms of, like, themes like that. Um, George R. R. Martin has this really good quote of, like, the only thing worth writing about is the hu- like, human heart in, um, in contest with itself. And you you get to experience that as a player in chapter six. You get to experience that narratively in the writing, and it's it's so good, it's so good, and I love it. It it, it got I was obsessed with it. I could not put this game down. It was very good. I, I like if you like single player games, highly recommend it. Okay, that was a long rant. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, I, mean, I guess that leaves King K for fourth, <laughs> but not least. Why don't we have, like, more games than are the four of us? Yeah, like, we definitely do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can well, choose I, one, but, like. After that, then we could probably pass the bong around again, talk about our, like, final games of the year or something like that, right? Maybe? Yeah. We can just like keep going. Like, uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong here. So we have God of War, Spider-Man. What else is there? I got Camp Nino Buddy. Kuni too. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> Michael's hentai game. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. Can't buddy. Yes. Let me let me check real quick. I wanna, cause I I know that there's one more, but y'all can. We let's. How about we start? Cause it's on me. And I want to talk about Spider-Man, because I love Spider-Man. So, All right. Yeah. Alrighty. Spider-Man, I actually was not looking forward to very much, which is kind of funny, considering who I am and what I'm into. But 
Spider-Man games have a weird track record, <laughs> like a very <laughs> strange track record that put me off of this new one. And it seemed like people were just getting excited about it because Insomniac had it, which is not, doesn't really say much considering the current state of what Insomniac has done. Cry as much lately, as he you know? could, Ratchet could not breathe underwater. <laughs> Hashtag Gadgetron! So, like, the fact Sorry. that Insomniac was making Spider-Man was not enough to make me, like, sold. Like, it didn't really matter. Especially considering Spider-Man... The only Spider-Man game, like... I know, Ryan, you do... I think, Ryan, I've heard you talk about how you like some of the newer ones. Well, I guess not new by today's standards, but, like... Web of Shadows, specifically, yeah. Yeah. But th those ones were not received critically like basically the way that I'm going to say this is that people only talk about Spider-Man 2 and mm. because of that I'm like what does the new one like what is the new one what is it going to do that's different from all these other new ones that were really shitty and then it came out and I was like wow whoa like, I actually cried at the end. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, this, it was, I, came, uh, I came real close. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is this is a... This is a situation where it seems like everything could go wrong. But the moment you start it up and you have the intro scene, you're like, it's everything's going to be okay. Like... <laughs> You boot it up and you have the intro segment, you take down Wilson Fisk, which is not a spoiler because it happens within the first hour of the game. You take yeah. down Wilson Fisk and then it sets up the events of the plot. And when you start playing, you're like, wow, th this is... they did it. Like, holy <laughs> shit, I have nothing to worry about now. I, like, I legit, I was, I was like, what, why is everybody so excited for this? And to be fair, I really don't think anybody had any right to be excited for it just because Insomniac was developing it. Like I, I feel well, like if, if I could, add if this turned out that, badly, then I would. I don't know. If, like, if if I could actually add something to that, um, because I think the reason why people were excited that Insomniac specifically were developing the game, it was because like with the past two games that we had before uh, this game, it was the Amazing Spider-Man One and the Amazing Spider-Man Two, both of which have been incredibly watered down and incredibly unpolished very rushed, very, like, very broken kind of games. So, with that Insomniac logo on it, you're getting some sort of, I guess, uh, you're getting, like, a seal of quality. It's like, you know what you're going to be playing is going to be a quality game. It's going to be polished, it's, it, it's going to be fine. Maybe not, like, the best of all time, but, you know, you're, you know what you're getting into when you're playing something by Insomniac, for the most part. You're not getting into a broken mess. Yeah, I guess that does make sense to me. What Spider-Man is surprisingly well-written, and I mean damn well-written at some points, like holy shit, like I, I kind of just kind of expected a by-the-numbers story, but it's, and I guess you could kind of look at it like it's, the actual plot itself is a little bit, like of course you gotta get the villains together and Spider-Man's gotta do the thing, but... <laughs> They, they decided to develop the relationship between Peter Parker and Doc Ock. And that's like yes. the, the driving force of the plot. And that is fucking genius because everybody who plays it knows exactly what's going to happen to Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. But 
that's not the point. The point is that the relationship that builds, you, I really liked him. Like, I was like, whoa, I really want to get behind you. Just like Peter looks up to him like a father almost. And it's so fucking heart-wrenching when you get, like, through the events. It is not a spoiler to say that Doc Ock is a villain. Like, come on now. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just what happens, you know? I mean, like, I don't know if, like, Doc Ock was even in any of the promotional material. Like, they didn't really advertise that that Octavius was in the game, did they? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, yeah it was so, like, a when you... complete surprise. Yeah, so when you, um, like, when he first appears, like, oh, hey, oh, oh, Dr. Octavius, it's good to see you again. You immediately yeah. know where it's going to go, and it's just, like, you're on a ride. You know where it's going, but you don't want it to go there. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah. every time he's there, it's, like, an overwhelming amount of, like, dread, because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and they take a lot of scenes to develop that relationship between them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, he's really doing good things. Maybe we can avoid catastrophe. And spoiler, you don't really avoid that. But Then Osborne it, shows it, up. <laughs> See, but you know what I love about Osborne in this game? Is that when I saw him, I was like, okay, so we're getting Green Goblin as well. And, you know, it, is that a spoiler? Are you talking I mean, about, like, the post credit stuff, or no? No, 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 I'm just saying that, you know, it, he's not there. Oh, no, no, that's fine. No, Norman Osborn does not turn into the Green Goblin. I think yeah. I think it's kind of safe to say most people know that already. What if okay. What if well, the ghost you know, from when, Beyond when... Two Souls possessed, uh, came into this game and possessed Harry Osborn? <laughs> Together I we could rule that... this video game. I enjoyed that, But you that know something, Norman... though, like, with, with, with Osborn... It, it could have been so easy to just write him as just like, oh, I'm an evil corporate guy because yeah. evil corporate guy is evil corporate guy. But they actually didn't do that because they actually flushed him out with all the stuff that's going on with Harry Osborn. I'm not going to yeah. get into that. I'm not going to spoil that for those of you who haven't played the game. But Osborn yeah. was actually kind of developed and he like he, he never really came across to me as an incredibly massive cartoony douchebag. He was actually like understandably that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. That's, he wasn't bad. He was pretty. That's he was pretty like good. the brilliant stroke of the story, and why I love it so much, is because they get they nail all like, not even just almost. I think they nail every character that they attempt to portray here. Mm-hmm. They nail Peter Parker. Yuri Lowenthal is like a fucking masterstroke. Like holy fuck, he's in. He's plays like so many roles. So I was like, oh, it's just Yuri Lowenthal, but. Near the end, it's like, Yuri Lowenthal is making me cry. And I hear him all the time. So for him, of all people, to do that, it's like, Jesus. I'm I'm really invested in this character. And they nail, like, Aunt May is brilliant. I love her. Mary Jane was great, too. Yeah. And she's almost always consistent. Mary Jane is almost always consistently terrible. You watch the Sam Raimi movies again, she's like one of the most unlikable people on the planet. But in here... She's pretty great. Yeah, she I do, love... she's doing her own reporting stuff. Yeah. She's like actively helping along with Miles at some points. And they build oh, a really cool that. trio team mm. like as the game goes on. And I know people probably have problems with the stealth sections. And I, I do admit that the stealth sections feel real dated. But they did kind of have to figure out something for them to do so that it would feel mechanically resonant, you know. And then, The Mary Jane sections were consistently the low points of the game 
I think the stuff with Miles was a lot more interesting because like the stuff with Miles pushed the story forward. They could have done something better with Mary Jane. What? I don't know, but it just... I just... Every time that Mary Jane was playable, I didn't want to play it. I preferred I, when she was just taking pictures of stuff, yeah. honestly, rather yeah. than trying to sneak around people. Mm -hmm. Because it yeah. just kind of felt like they needed her to do something. And to be fair, it's probably really hard to figure out because she's a journalist. So, like, you gotta kind of, like, figure out what you want her to do, and there aren't a lot of gameplay archetypes that fit that. Like, even for Miles, it was hard. Because the, the problem is that in this game, Miles and Mary Jane can't do... Like, they can't just fight people. Because, <laughs> first of all, Mary, Mary Jane is just some journalist. She doesn't have combat experience. I mean, she probably... Maybe she has, like... We, we're not really told if she has, like... Maybe she has, she's taken self-defense classes or something, but the, the point is that she can't fight like Peter can fight. Miles can't either, because he's just some school kid guy, you know? He's just some guy, so he can't fight people either. <laughs> so, like, they need to figure out how to put them in there, because the point of the game is that all three of them are working together to defeat the villain and save the city. But you can't, like, it would feel weird if you weren't actively controlling both Mary Jane and Miles to actually help Peter. So I, I kind of sympathize with the position that they were put in, and it's sad that we got those sections, but they don't take up much of the game. And they do fulfill their purpose, because you do play as them. So... It's... It's a lot less interesting than the Spidey portions, obviously, but I think it was a necessary evil to get what we got. And to be fair, the actual portions of the game that you play most of the time with Spider-Man are glorious. I love how well they executed that and pretty much everything about him. And I don't have a lot of experience with Spider-Man 2, so I'm sure that there are some intricacies about the web swinging that aren't handled particularly well in comparison to Spider-Man 2. But for what it is, it is pretty damn satisfying to web swing. I've had oh. moments where I was just going around for a half hour not doing anything, and I just swing. I just catch myself like, well, I should probably go do something instead of just... <laughs> swinging around <laughs> yeah. yeah well if so. anything what I could say with uh, Spider-Man 2 and also especially especially with Web of Shadows is one of the reasons why I like it so much um, the web swinging in those games feel way more like how they should for a video game as opposed to maybe something like this where it kind of feels like as if it's trying to be something like a movie you know it's like oh well this is how Spider-Man really would swing if he was swinging around modern day New York but in like Web of Shadows, Spider-Man 2, Ultimate Spider-Man. You're swinging so fast, you're breaking the sound barrier, but that's the kind of that, that's kind of the point of those games. You're supposed to feel like Spider-Man from the comics, not so much like what if Spider-Man was real. So they both like Spider-Man uh, PS4, Spider-Man 2 and all the other games, they both do what they set out to do despite it being completely different. You know, they're trying to do different things, but they each of them do them remarkably well. I'm a I'm a say though, uh I definitely felt at first that way but then I grew to like it more than Spider-Man 2 because I felt like mm -hmm. I was going faster it, it it was just like something about the the colors and how vibrant and like the motion blur and everything too that I don't know I, I really enjoy the web slinging in this game a lot more well, than I ever there's actually kind of a learning curve to make yourself yeah. go faster which is yeah. nice yeah there are things that you can do to make yourself go faster instead of just holding because people have joked that you can just hold the button 
But if you hold the button, you're not going to go as quickly and it's going to feel weird. And they did, I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose. Because to actually get the most out of it, you have to like press the buttons at the right times and be actively engaged with it. Got to skydive every once in a while. Skydiving yeah. is great. And it, it all just feels really good. And the combat as well, I was a little concerned about because it's just like, oh, it's just Arkham again. It's so much faster than Arkham, but also yeah. more punishing because your Spider-Man is more fragile and he relies a lot more on his speed to get stuff done. The fact that you can maneuver much more, get around, like fly around buildings and stuff, they take advantage of that and make you more fragile. So that's how you have to pay attention is that it is an Arkham combat system. Don't get me wrong, but you have to pay more attention because the enemies aren't pushovers and you're, you die really fast. It, it definitely feels a lot more involved than Arkham because yeah. you're also interacting with the environment a lot too. Yeah. It's just, I guess that's that's all I have I have to say about it. It's just like a surprise. It's really surprising I, I was, to me. I was surprising too because I was kind of like with King K where I wasn't really excited for the game uh, when it was announced. Like I, I'm like I looked and it's like oh great it's a, it's a new Spider Man I'm sure it's going to be fine. But everyone was just hyping this thing up to be like the best thing of all time. But it's like I was not seeing it. It just it looked. It looked good, but it looked very standard. It looked like something that I've already seen before, but it really, you really do have to play it in order to understand why people got excited for it in the first place. Like, it really... It won me over. And, I, like, this is a guy who didn't like another game that we're going to be talking about later down, like later on in this episode, but this one genuinely surprised me. I thought it was going to be, at, at best, fine. But it was, it was... I was genuinely surprised by how much fun I actually had. I want to go back and I want to do everything that there is to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> one complaint, one complaint. There's no Mysterio. And, Dr. Uh, Mysterio's <laughs> patented no video. All manic of fun. But you know what? They they definitely teased another game, so. Yeah. And in that. <laughs> they they oh. definitely teased more to come, I'll just say. I just hope and it doesn't also, take nearly as long and it doesn't get delayed nearly as much as this one did. The DLC, too, is surprisingly kind of okay. What's okay? The DLC. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say, because it yeah, cuts it out. Keeps cutting the, out. The, the DLC. The DLC. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, I haven't played the DLC. Yeah, they got Hammerhead. Is that his name, Hammerhead? The yeah, Mafia Hammerhead, guy? and then they have Black Cat. Mm -hmm. And I, Is Tombstone uh, in this I game, or is he it. in DLC, too? Tombstone is Tombstone's in, in the game. Yeah, he's There's in a whole side quest associated with him. Yes. 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 Yeah. I remember because in, in one part, you're sneaking around his garage as Mary Jane. Yeah. Yes. And then okay. you get to fight him later on. Also, I think you got like Taskmaster and like... Yes, yeah. Taskmaster! That was so cool. I was not expecting that. I, the villains that they had in this, I kind of like that they were a little bit more restrained. First of all, they save, like, if they're going to make a sequel to this, and they, they can save some more, like, they had some heavy hitters still, like they had Doc Ock, for God's sake. But they save a few of them for the next one. They don't, like, throw everything at you at once, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They keep it contained. And I like that. Yeah. Because like, you, get, you get a lot of time to focus on, like, the Vulture or Rhino or... Like you get, they they have their moments, and they build up a little throughout the game, and that's really cool. And I like how it opens 
with Spider-Man just waking up like, oh, this is the day that you take down Kingpin because it feels like an era is coming to a close and a new thing is beginning because this is an older Spider-Man one who's like more experienced. And so they have a lot more to pull from there. Like Spider-Man, like you don't have to go through the training wheels because you're just yeah. Spider-Man and you've been Spider-Man for a while. So I don't want to go on and on about it. It's just pretty much everything is executed well and that's why I like it a lot. Well, I also so, want to yeah. talk about some of the um, some of the callbacks to like the movies. Like they even like, you know, you got your references to the Raimi movies. But they even re uh, referenced the uh, the Mark Webb movies too, the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And you'd think that with the kind of reputation that those kind of movies have, that they wouldn't even touch them with a like with a ten foot pole. But they do. Like the whole climax of of this game is pretty much the ending of the Amazing Spider-Man one. Like there are even some shots, like almost note for note, the same exact shot. I'm like, oh my god, that's kind of cool. And I like Andrew Garfield, yeah. so, you know, that's, I, I'm a little biased. <laughs> to each their own, Ryan. Yes, yes. For a video version of the podcast, please visit our YouTube channel at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com slash c slash inversecast. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Airport Lounge, Apro Hour, Awesome Call, Bosa Antigua, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Crinoline Dreams, Deuces, Dirt Roads, District 4, Eternity, Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, Honeybee, In Your Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print, Elevator, Local Forecast, Slower, Matt's Blues, No Good Layabout, Octa Blues, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Day, Slower, Shades of Spring, Sidewalk Shades, Slower, Somewhere Sunny, Version 2, Street Party, Water Droplets on the River, and White. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 3.0 forward slash. This episode was edited by Exoparadigm Gamer, who you can check out on YouTube at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Exoparadigm Gamer. Feel free to check out our solo efforts on YouTube and Twitter by visiting our official SoundCloud profile and clicking on the external links. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.